Lesson number 129, Surah Ibrahim, Ayah 1 to 17. Surah Ibrahim is a Makki Surah and it was revealed at a time of extreme opposition. So you're talking about a time when the Prophet ﷺ was facing a lot of resistance, a lot of opposition, a lot of persecution from his opponents, from the people of Mecca. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alif Lam Ra. Huruf Muqatta'at. Kitabun Anzalnahu Ilayka. This is a book which we have revealed to you. This Quran is a scripture that we have given to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? Why? So that you have a beautiful copy of it? And you study and take a course and have a diploma? Yeah? What's the purpose of this book? لِتُخْرِجَ النَّاسَ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُورِ So that you bring people out of darkness into light. You bring an-nas. Who are an-nas? Muslims? Who are an-nas? All of mankind. Out of darkness. Which darkness? Of kufr. Of misguidance. Of ignorance. Bring them out of this darkness into light. Which light? Of iman, hidayah, guidance, knowledge. How? بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ By the permission of their Lord. Because if Allah does not allow for a servant to come out of darkness, he can never come out. And who is it that can really come out of darkness? Who? The one who wants to come out of darkness. The one whom Allah gives guidance to. Because you see, there is a law of guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has. And what is that? The person who wants to be guided, the one who shows seriousness in the matter of guidance, Allah will show him the way. And the person who does not want that guidance, who doesn't show any kind of seriousness in this regard, then he will never find the right way. He will never find light. So the Qur'an is sent to take people out of darkness into light, بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ And when they come out of darkness to light, where will they be? إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَمِيدِ To the way, to the path of who? Al-Aziz Al-Hamid Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But which two names are mentioned here? Al-Aziz, the exalted in might. Al-Hamid, the praiseworthy. Always deserving of praise. So the Prophet ﷺ, where he was facing extreme opposition, here he is reminded very forcefully, in very clear terms, what his mission and purpose was. That yes, there is persecution, but realize that people are in darkness. We become selfish. We only think about ourselves. We only think about that we are suffering. We are hurting. Our children are dying. But we forget that people are in zulumat. People are in darkness. If they don't come out of that darkness into light, there is misery for them forever, for eternity. We only think about ourselves. This is why we want the pain to end. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to think about everyone. Everyone. Think about the people, an-nas, who are in zulumat, and they have to be taken out of nur. And this ayah clearly tells us that any person who wants guidance, who wants light, then they must begin that journey with what? With the book of Allah, the Qur'an. Because the Qur'an It brings out of darkness into light. It improves the state of a person. It's the most progressive book, you can say. It really shows you the way forward. Makes you better in every way, at every level. 
You see, there are two kinds of darknesses. One is external darkness and the other is internal darkness. External of society. Zulm, injustice, kufr that is around. And the other is that which is in the heart of a person. So people need to be taken out of both of these darknesses and enter light. The way of who? Of Aziz Al-Hamid. Who is he? Allah. He is Allah. الَّذِي لَهُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ To whom belong whatever is in the heavens and whatever is in the earth. Because he has created all of that. He sustains all of it. He owns all of this. So everyone is his servant. وَوَيْلٌ And woe, meaning utter destruction. For who? لِلْكَافِرِينَ For the disbelievers. مِنْ عَذَابٍ شَدِيدٍ From a severe punishment. Meaning, such a severe punishment will come upon them that will completely destroy them. Wail. Wail is complete destruction. Woe, meaning, may they be destroyed. So they will be destroyed. How? With a severe punishment. And it's up to Allah, whether He sends it now or He keeps it for the Akhirah. So realize, who has sent this book? Who is it that everyone is servant to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So look around at the sky, look around at the earth, and recognize your Lord, know your Lord. And those who reject, for them is severe punishment. Who are they? They are alladheena, those people who, يَسْتَحِبُّونَ الْحَيَاةَ dunya. Those who reject, those who disbelieve, are those people who prefer the life of this world. يَسْتَحِبُّونَ from حَبَابَ حُبْ What does حُبْ mean? Love. And istihbab is to love one over the other, to prefer one over the other. And it's natural. Whatever you love, you tend to prefer it over everything else. If you're offered a basket full of fruit, cut, ready to eat, you like strawberries, you will only pick strawberries. I don't know why I'm bringing strawberries again and again. So what you love, you prefer over everything. What is it that you love? What makes you love something? Why do you love something? So for example, if it's strawberries you love, why would you love strawberries over grapes? Because that's what you enjoy. That is what you enjoy. You like that you enjoy the taste, the texture of strawberries more than grapes. So you will prefer them over other fruits. That is what you enjoy. One more reason why we love certain things. Because we've never tried other things. You don't like children. They've never had a particular fruit or a particular food. They've never had it. And they see it and they say, Mm-mm, I'm not going to have it. But what does the mother say? Just have one bite. Just taste it. You haven't even tried it. How can you refuse it? All you know is strawberries. You've never had grapes. I mean, these grapes are good. They're seedless. So just try them. If you try it, maybe you'll like it. This is the problem with many people. We behave like children. We see something in this life, we enjoy it, we fall in love with it, and we think this is it. This is all. Whereas in the Akhirah, in Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared something that is far better, far more beautiful. But there are some people whose eyes, whose vision is limited, who don't have that patience, who just want everything now, now, so الَّذِينَ يَسْتَحِبُّونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا عَلَى الْآخِرَةِ And what a poor choice, what a bad choice. Because this person is basically depriving themselves, right? 
Many times it happens that you have to push people. Come on, try it. But they're not willing and you feel pity for them. Try it so that you can enjoy, you can have fun. But they refuse. You feel bad for them. Allah feels bad for people who don't want to make it to the Akhirah. الَّذِينَ يَسْتَحِبُّونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا عَلَى الْآخِرَةِ وَيَصُدُّونَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And they stop people from the way of Allah. Why do they stop people from the religion of Allah? Why? Because they don't like the religion of Allah. They find the religion of Allah to be too restrictive. They feel that the religion of Allah is not in their best interests. If the religion of Allah prevails, their worldly enjoyment will be compromised. So this is why they don't want Allah's religion and they stop people from Allah's religion also. And, وَيَبْغُونَهَا عِوَجَا And they find in it crookedness. They look for crookedness in their religion. They forget about everything. They just pick on a few things to show that Islam is really bad and Islam is very barbaric and so on and so forth. وَيَبْغُونَهَا عِوَجَا So that they don't look like the bad guy. Islam looks bad, Muslims look bad, and as a result, they look like the good people. Allah says, Those are in extreme error. Notice the word ba'id. What does ba'id mean? Far. So they are misguided, and they've gone far in their misguidance, away from the truth. So they are engulfed in their error, in their ignorance. They are wrong, and they're also taking others astray. I want you to think about it. When there are people striving so hard to stop people from Allah's religion, to make them think negatively about Islam, what are we doing? What are we doing? Waiting for some miracle to happen. Hmm? What does Allah say? He addresses the messenger, the book has been given to you so that you take people out of darkness into light. Because there are forces of evil pushing people into darkness, throwing people into darkness. And you have this light, your responsibility is to take people towards the light, guide them, show them the haq. You see, there's so many people, because they have some reason, some conscience, what do they do? They stand up for justice. Right? They stand up for rights, whether they are animals' rights or whatever it may be. Why? Because they have some kind of morality in them, some kind of you know, decency in them. So when they see injustice, they speak out against it. The greatest injustice is that people are ignorant of their Lord, ignorant of the deen of the Qur'an. Why? Because others have portrayed the wrong image to them. What kind of morality do we have if we don't speak up over there? If we don't defend Islam, if we don't promote Islam, if we don't tell people about the religion of Allah. Is it fair? There are people working against you. And there you are standing, sitting, saying, Oh, Allah will guide. May Allah guide. You have to do something yourself also. الَّذِينَ يَسْتَحِبُّونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا عَلَى الْآخِرَةِ وَيَصُدُّونَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَيَبْغُونَهَا عِوَجَا أُولَيْكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ Think about it. If someone was after you in this way, they're after you in this way. They're finding faults in you, problems in you, highlighting them all the time, telling people not to be your friends, not to follow you. Then would you do anything to defend yourself? Would you speak up? Of course you would. The believers are those to whom the religion of Allah is more beloved to them than their own lives. 
the Prophet of Allah is more beloved to them than their own selves. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولٍ And we have not sent any messenger إِلَّا except بِلِسَانِ قَوْمِهِ بِلِسَانِ with language قَوْمِهِ of his nation Meaning every messenger spoke the language of the people to whom he was sent to. Why? Why the same language? Why not a foreign language so that he could impress them? Well, to answer that question is because so they can relate to them. Um, but I also wanted to share something. I went to a lecture once and the speaker said he sat beside a man on a plane who was Christian and his job was to fly to different countries and preach Christianity. And he said that all his airfare is totally covered and he's sponsored to do this. And so the speaker was asking us, the audience, like, where are our dawah efforts? And we believe Islam is the correct way, but where are our efforts in spreading Islam? What are we focused on doing? We are focused on buying houses and cars and saving up our money so that we can have that ideal vacation to Disney or something. This is what we want. This is where our money is. This is where our energy is. And no matter how much money we have, we think we have less So we are asking for discounts and charities instead of being the contributors. This is our sad state. So Allah sent every messenger speaking the language of His people. Why? Why? For effective communication. Because if people speak different languages, communication is not possible. And you know what? You could still communicate somehow if people speak different languages. But there's a lot of misunderstanding. A lot of misunderstanding. So the reason why Allah sent the messenger speaking the language of the people was so that people could understand the message. Now, okay, Arabic is not our language, but at least Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preserved the language of the Qur'an, has made the Qur'an easy to understand, has made the Qur'an short. You know, it's not like the Bible, so lengthy that it's difficult to go through that sea, that ocean. Go ahead. I learned in one of my classes at school that less than 10% of our communication is actually based on verbal communication. But the thing is, even with body language, there are so many different body languages. In one country, it means something. In another country, it means something else. Like, for example, this, it means, like, good job. Or in some countries, it means, like, zero or nil in others. And it means money in some. So, like, one symbol, and it means so many things. Yes. So... When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent messengers, that messenger was familiar with the language, the culture of the people. Why? So that communication would be clear, the message would be effectively communicated. But still, still there were people who did not understand. فَيُضِلُّ اللَّهُ مَنْ Allah sent astray whomsoever He willed. وَيَهْدِي مَنْ And He guides whom He wills. And this is also according to His law of guidance. وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْحَكِيمُ And he is the exalted in might, the wise. You see, one excuse that people make, Oh, I don't understand. If you want to understand, you will definitely understand. Because there are people who understand really well, yet they don't accept. So at the end of the day, it's not about whether you understand something 100% or not, it's about how badly you want it. If you want it, you'll get it. Even if it's very difficult. And if you don't want it, could be something very simple for you, but you're not going to get it. 
وَلَقَدْ أَرُسَلْنَا مُوسَى بِآيَاتِنَا Now the example of Musa a.s. is given. Certainly we sent Musa a.s. with our signs, miracles that he showed to his people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, أَنْ ذَاتْ أَخْرِجْ قَوْمَكَ Take your people out. مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ From the darknesses into the light. Bring your people out from darkness into the light. So what does this show? Every prophet was sent for this purpose. Muhammad ﷺ was sent for this purpose. Musa ﷺ was sent for this purpose. Every messenger was sent for this mission. Take people out of their state of misery and destitution. Bring them to victory, to glory, to success. Bring them out of darkness into light. وَذَكِرْهُمْ And remind them, بِأَيَّامِ اللَّهِ With the days of Allah. What does it mean by this days of Allah? Ayam is a plural of yawm. Ayam, this is a term that you will come across in the Quran, ayam Allah. It basically refers to major historical events. The memorable days, you can say, days which cannot be forgotten. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused certain things to occur on those days. Major changes. Major changes. So for example, certain nations, they were destroyed. So for instance, the day when Fir'aun was destroyed, the time when his civilization came to an end, and Bani Israel were freed, that is what? Ayyamullah. It's a major historical event that can never be forgotten. I mean, to this day, it is remembered. By people who believe in religion, and also by people who don't believe in religion. Right? So, Remind people of Ayyamillah. Remind them of the days when they received, when some received Allah's blessings and some received His punishment. When great trials descended on people, great tests descended on people. Remind them of history. Make them reflect on history so that they can learn a lesson. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ Indeed in that assuredly signs لِكُلِّ صَبَّارٍ شَكُورٍ Not for everyone, but for every sabbar and shakur. Who is sabbar? The one who does a lot of sabr. The one who does a lot of sabr. In every situation. In difficult times and in easy times. In times of hardship and in times of ease. Times of sickness and times of health. And shakur, the one who is grateful. When? When he gets something. When he wins, when he feels good, generally we are not grateful at these times unfortunately. Because when we have everything we want, we forget Allah. Shakur is one who remembers Allah in good times and in bad times. In every situation, in every circumstance. Because you always have a reason to be grateful. No matter how difficult the situation is, you still have a reason to be grateful. Because it could have been much worse. And even though it is really bad, and there's no doubt about the situation being bad, still, you're enjoying Allah's blessings. Even if they may be very few before your eyes, but still there are blessings in your life. So be grateful for those. Now Musa salam, he was told to bring his people out of darkness into light. Which people are these? The Bani Israel. Because in the next ayah, we learn that he addresses... His qawm. And who was his qawm? The Bani Israel. Now, the Bani Israel, they were rescued from the tyranny of Fir'aun. But still, Allah says, they were in darkness. Remember? External darkness and internal darkness. They were taken out of darkness such that 
there was no tyranny around them, no oppression around them, no shirk being committed around them. But there was darkness where? In the hearts. They needed light. So for that the heart needs to be moved. The heart needs to be woken up. And how will the heart be woken up? By reminding the person of history. Of major things that happened in his life. Remember when you were suffering and Allah saved you. Remember when Allah gave you this blessing and that is what you did. Make them feel grateful. Because gratitude wakes your heart up. Patience. That is also helpful. وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ And remember when Musa salam said to his people, meaning the Bani Israel, what did he say to them? أُذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ Remember the blessing of Allah on you. My people, remember Allah's favor on you. He's reminding them of ayam over here. Which favor? إِذْ أَنْجَاكُمْ When He saved you, when Allah rescued you, مِنْ آلِ فِرْعَونَ From the people of Fir'aun. Why did He have to save you from them? Because يَسُومُونَكُمْ سُوءَ الْعَذَابِ They were afflicting on you evil torture. Terrible pain, terrible torture. Notice the word يَسُومُونَكُمْ We did this word a long time ago. سِينُ وَعَمِيمُ سَامَةِ الْإِبِلْ Is when camels go in order to graze somewhere. Now imagine if animals are attacking a place, okay, and they're going to eat from the grass and the leaves and the trees, what are they going to leave? What are they going to spare? What are they going to spare? I remember once I saw this scene, these three baby goats, or maybe it was two, I don't remember, they just came into this garden, and there were flowers on the sides, and you can imagine the disaster that they caused. Literally within a few moments, disaster, absolute disaster. And the poor gardener was so worked up because his effort was khalas. You know, it was finished by these baby goats. So imagine when camels are let loose to graze on a piece of land, what are they going to spare? This is how Fir'aun was oppressing the Bani Israel. This is how he was torturing them. He spared nothing. He spared nothing. He physically abused them, emotionally abused them, mentally abused them, financially. In every way he tortured them. Why? He just wanted to finish them. He wanted to finish them completely. And in order to finish them, in order to eradicate them, what plan did he come up with? وَيُذَبِّحُونَ أَبْنَاءَكُمْ They were slaughtering your sons. They were killing your children. Targeting your children. Going in the homes finding baby boys and slaughtering them. Why? What was the reason? Because he wanted to eliminate the Bani Israel. And he wanted to show that he was the boss. He could do anything to them basically. They were weak before him. And he wanted to torture them. He wanted to make them feel hurt. Because you see, when you lose adults, yes, it is hurtful. But when a child is lost, when a baby is killed... When children are targeted, what does that show? Imagine the state of the parents, imagine the state of the mother, imagine the state of the family. It was very heartbreaking for the Bani Israel to see. Very heartbreaking to see their own sons being killed before their eyes. وَيُذَبِّحُونَ أَبْنَاءَكُمْ وَيَسْتَحْيُونَ نِسَاءَكُمْ They were keeping your women alive, sparing them. Because what are they going to do? 
وفي ذلكم and in that O oh, you all was balaun a great trial min rabbikum azim from your lord and this trial was azim it was great just look at this وفي ذلكم balaun min rabbikum azim Fir'aun was torturing you he was killing your children and by letting that happen Allah was testing you Allah was trying you. You were just looking at Fir'aun thinking how evil he is without realizing that Allah put you in that test to see whether you wake up or not, to see what you say, to see what you do, to see how you react, whether you do sabr or not, whether you do shukr or not. Remember, every trial in life yes it happens at the hands of others we suffer at the hands of people but who is allowing that to happen allah why for a reason sometimes we need to be woken up from our state of heedlessness and unfortunately sometimes we're so deep in our sleep that we don't wake up until something really disastrous happens and likewise The Bani Israel, this had to take place for them to wake up. This had to take place for them to wake up. Wise is the one who takes a lesson from the examples of others, from the lives of others. So Musa is reminding the Bani Israel, remember what happened. Remember how Allah saved you. Remember how He rescued you. What are you doing now? Because this is when they were freed from Fir'aun, they had crossed the sea, they were in the desert, in the wilderness. So Musa a.s. is advising them. In the book of Deuteronomy, we learn that Musa a.s. he advised his people towards the end of his life. Because basically when the Bani Israel refused to enter the city, it was said that they are not going to enter for 40 years. And Musa a.s. died in that period. But before he passed away, he advised his people. And there are many sermon-type speeches that he gave to his people that are recorded in Deuteronomy, in which he reminds them of Allah's power, of how he saved them. And just a few verses, for example, chapter 420, it is said, But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnaces of Egypt to make you his people of inheritance. Next, chapter 8, verse 14, it says, Your heart be lifted up and you remember not the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He brought you out and you don't even remember Him. So He's admonishing them. He saved you and you don't even thank Him. And at the end of many statements it is said, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. In chapter 24:18 it says remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God delivered you from there therefore I command you to do this thing meaning you follow these commands that I'm giving you because God saved you so you better show gratitude to him by following these commands chapter 29 verse 2 it says and Moses called all Israel and said to them you have seen all the things that the Lord did before you in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to his whole land the great temptations which your eyes have seen those mighty signs and wonders and the Lord has not given you a heart to understand and eyes to see and ears that may hear unto this present day 
meaning you saw all that happened yet you haven't taken a lesson your eyes don't see your ears don't hear your hearts don't understand so the bani israel allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told musa alayhi salam remind them of their previous days of ayyam allah so that they can wake up they can be grateful they can stop complaining because what was the attitude of the bani israel once they were in the desert constantly complaining we don't want this food we don't want that food we want cucumbers and onions and garlic and lentils and so on and so forth they're told enter the city they say oh we're not going we're sitting right here constantly complaining they're told slaughter a cow they come up with so many excuses so musa alaihissalam is told remind them of history remind them allah saved you what are you doing what are you doing right now you think he doesn't have the power to put you in a similar situation like that again so with what confidence do you disobey him what is ta adhana rabbukum and remember when your lord proclaimed when he announced meaning this is relevant to all people this is not just for the bani israel it is for all people because an announcement is what for public notification for the public to know not just a certain group of people but for everyone So what is the azan rabbukum your lord announced he proclaimed he let it be known that la in shakartum surely if you are grateful la azidannakum surely i will definitely increase you if you're grateful for the blessings that i've given you i will definitely increase you in favors i will give you more wala in kafartum but if you deny inna adabi la shadid indeed my punishment is severe you see Shukr leads to increase. Gratitude leads to more. It leads to increase, it leads to improvement. And ingratitude leads to decrease. It leads to suffering, it leads to failure. So, what's the key to success that we are being given here? Any time when you are suffering, start being grateful. <laughs> start saying alhamdulillah. Any time you are suffering, things are tough. Just start thanking Allah even more, more and more for the things that you have, for the blessings that you're enjoying. And Allah will increase your blessings for you. In a hadith we learned, and I mentioned this hadith to you earlier as well, that when a person is sick, Allah sends two angels to him to watch what that person says. When the angels return, Allah asks them, what was my servant saying to those who came to see him? And the angels say, he praised you and he was grateful to you. but the angels can only say this about a person who was actually grateful in that time of sickness and who was praising Allah at the time of hardship so Allah says if i cure my servant then i shall replace his blood with better blood and his flesh with better flesh and i will also forgive him because he was grateful i will increase him la in shakartum But what happens when we're sick? We have to show that we're really hurting so people feel pity on us. Right? We have to really make that expression that I'm so miserable and I'm hurting so much. Whereas alhamdulillah the pain is gone but you have to pretend that like as if it's there because you have to show that you're sick. People coming to see you, you better show them that you're sick. So talk about problems that don't even exist. Talk about pain that is now gone. complain about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is basically complaining about Allah but what do we learn do shukr of Allah at that time so that Allah will increase your blessings be grateful that alhamdulillah your body is still good in certain places 
Alhamdulillah, and Allah will, if cure is decreed for you, Allah will increase you in your health. وَقَالَ مُوسَى And Musa alayhi salam said, he made it clear to his people, إِن تَكْفُرُوا If you disbelieve, أَنْتُمْ يُوْ وَمَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا And whoever that is on the earth altogether, you disbelieve, you are ungrateful, and everybody on the earth is ungrateful, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَغَنِيٌّ حَمِيدٌ Then indeed Allah is surely rich, praiseworthy, He doesn't need you. He doesn't need you. If you show gratitude, it's only for your own good. And if you show ingratitude, what harm are you going to cause Allah? Nothing. You cannot cause any loss to Him. So you need Allah, He doesn't need you. Does Allah need you to enter Jannah? Does Allah need you to be saved from the punishment of the grave? Does Allah need you to live a good, happy life? Does Allah need you to have to enjoy a lot of blessings? No. It doesn't affect Him. Not at all. But if you are grateful, then you are grateful for your own good. You are benefiting yourself. And if you are ungrateful, you are only destroying yourself. You cannot cause any harm to Allah. In a hadith we learned, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah says, O oh my servants, if the first and the last among you, the men and jinn among you, had the heart of the most pious and righteous man among you, that will not increase my kingdom in the least. O oh my servants, if the first and the last among you, men and jinn among you, had the heart of the most wicked man among you, that will not decrease my kingdom in the least. If we obey him a little bit more, worship him, that doesn't increase his honor. If we reject him, show ingratitude, that doesn't decrease his honor. So basically, our words, our actions, don't have any effect on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they have any effect, they have all that effect on who? Us. We gain or we lose. We win or we suffer. Because of what we say, because of what we feel, because of what we do. We are the first ones to benefit and we are the first ones to suffer when we do something good or we do something bad. We will bear the consequences. No other person will and it doesn't cause any harm or gain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because He is ghani. Who is ghani? The one who is rich, who is above need. He doesn't need us. So if everyone is ungrateful, doesn't affect Allah at all because He is Ghani, He is Hamid. Who is Hamid? The one who is praiseworthy in all states. Whether someone praises Him or not. So what's the lesson then? Be grateful. Why? For your own sake. For your own good. For your own self. Because if you're grateful, you gain. Allah has nothing to lose. And if you don't show gratitude, then you have to suffer. Allah has nothing to lose. You lose or you gain. It's up to you what you want to get or you want to lose. Recitation of these ayat. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alif Lam Ra. Kitabun anzalnahu ilayka litukhrijan nasa minal zulumati ilan nuri biizni rabbihim ila siratil azizil hamid.